Welcome to Now Church. For the latest updates, visit us at nowchurch.com, including live or on-demand video, online giving, and much more. And don't forget to follow Now Church on our social media platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And please use the hashtag NowChurch. Thank you, and enjoy today's service. All right, good. Welcome once again. Glad that you're with us today. I want to welcome those of you connecting with us online around the world. Great to see you. And those of you in the room, man, we're just celebrating. It is an exciting time. We're probably, we're, we didn't announce anything specific yet, but um, we're coming to an end of um, our summer hours, maybe just after Labor Day, maybe the week after Labor Day. We'll let you know next week all the specifics, and we're ready to uh, announce welcoming kids back. We got stuff planned for youth for the fall. A lot of great things happening, and we're very, very excited about dry bones living again. That's the main thing, right? Anyway, those of you in the overflow, you are here in this room as far as we're concerned, and uh, you're a part of this. Today's message is called Breaking Point. Let's get right into the inerrant, the inspired, the infallible word of the living God that's able to change us and save us. Our text for the month is Romans 5, 3 from the Passion. It says, but that's not all. Even in times of trouble, we have a joyful confidence knowing that our pressures, everybody say pressures, our pressures will develop in us patient endurance and patient endurance will refine our character and proven character leads us back to hope. And this hope, this hope is not a disappointing fantasy because we can now experience the endless love of God cascading in our hearts through the Holy Spirit who lives in us. Pressure, and that's the, the, the thought of today is this, pressure is supposed to drive you to the Holy Spirit which will give you hope. Pressure is supposed to drive you closer, stronger, deeper into relationship with Jesus with his spirit that is on the earth. Our text today as we continue is Exodus, the story of the children of Israel finally getting free from Egypt. They get free, and the Bible says Exodus 13, 18. So God led the people. Everybody say God led the people. God led the people around by the way of the wilderness. Oh, I don't like that part. God led people, the people around by the way of the wilderness of the Red Sea. I really don't like that part. And the children of Israel went up in orderly ranks out of the land of Egypt. So when the pressure hit, the children of Israel, they just got free. How I many you know after 10 plagues and difficulties and challenges, they were like, oh, free at last, free at last. We're out of Egypt. It's done, it's behind us. But the Lord led them by way of the Red Sea. And when the pressure hit where they had to stop, suddenly they're chased by the Egyptians or past injustices and forestalled by an insurmountable, insurmountable body of water called the Red Sea blocking their future. They're stuck. And they start getting angry. They start getting frustrated. The people start complaining. And they start rehearsing in their minds going back to Egypt. They start complaining about Moses. And they said in verse 12, Exodus 14, is this not the word that we told you in Egypt, Moses? Saying, let us alone that we may just serve the Egyptians in silence. We're just slaves, but we're alive. 
But it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians that we should die in this wilderness. And Moses said to the people, do not be afraid. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish. He will accomplish. He will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall see again no more forever. In other words, God said, at this point, we're going to annihilate that which has been chasing you. The Lord will fight for you and you shall hold your peace, which is the King James way of saying, shut your mouth. And the Lord said to Moses, why do you cry to me? Tell the children of Israel to go forward. He just told them, stand still. Now God says, tell them to go forward. I'm telling you, those things work together. Standing still in his presence and moving forward in his power. Tell the children of Israel to go forward, but lift up your rod, talk about that later, and stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it, and the children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. What do you do when you're in the divine squeeze? What do you do when you're pressed? Father, today we ask you to to strengthen us and to inspire us. Come Holy Spirit as we have sung and through your word proclaim today, breathe life into your people. In Jesus' name, amen. Our thought this month is called Tough as Nails. It's about resilience, tenacity, and perseverance. Last week we encourage you to guard your heart from stray thoughts of restlessness and discontent because we said your mindset affects everything you do. Your mindset, what you're thinking about, what you're dwelling on, what you're, what you're obsessing over, what is, what is right there, what's always in the back of your mind is affecting your life. But God is wanting to take the pressure and create some diamonds in your life. My friends, poverty and prosperity are not dollar amounts in the bank, but attitudes of the heart. It's the way you look at life. It's the way you look at the world. It's the way you look at everything around you. Poverty and prosperity are the way you look at life. The main thought last week was this. Stay. Stay. Be faithful where you are and see what God will do. Don't run. Don't run out of that marriage. Don't run away from that job. Don't keep running because you're never going to run fast enough to get away from yourself. Everything you need is already within your grasp. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. Let's stop whining about the conditions of the moment. Value God now and look for the diamonds that are already there around you. They come through time, pressure, and heat. God is forming diamonds out of the coal of your life. Now, today's thought is simply this. Everyone has a breaking point. Everybody. You can be the strongest person in the world. You can be spiritually strong. You can be really vibrant one minute. And when the enemy hits you with everything but the kitchen sink, you can, you can start to waver. You can start to falter. In fact, the Bible says, let him who thinks he stand take heed lest he fall. Everybody has a breaking point. Everybody has challenges. We all go through them. 
As Christ followers, our breaking point, though, listen to this, our breaking point, your breaking point and mine, has a purpose. Because in the Bible, every breaking point, humanly speaking, is about unlocking dormant gifts within us. It's about getting us to the place where we break open to let God work through us. By coming to new levels of surrender to the Lord and pressing in for more of God under pressure, you can move beyond the fear of change, the fear of the loss of control, and begin to see your life begin to take new shape and see new things come forth. You ever felt like you were in a catch-22? You know what a catch-22 is? It's, catch-22 is, is um, defined as a dilemma or difficult circumstance from which there is no escape because of mutually conflicting or dependent conditions. A rock and a hard place. A pandemic and racial injustice. A uh, Red Sea and the pursuit of Egyptians. You get in this place where you're made to feel that either way you lose. Here's the great news. When you get into that place, when you, the Bible says, he that is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. He that is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. So here's the deal. We just saying a few moments ago, God can't lose. He always wins. He's the God of victory. He's the God of power. He wants to break you through. But we get to those places where we feel, we're made to feel like we're in a lose-lose. When you're in a lose-lose, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Because he who has begun a good work in you will perform and perfect it until the day of Christ Jesus. One of the songs that Elevation sings, I was listening to this morning, it's, it's called My Testimony. And, and the... And, and the, and the and they start singing, if I'm still alive, then you're not done. If I'm still alive, then you must still be working. And isn't that the truth? If the enemy has hit you with everything but the kitchen sink and then at least the faucet, and you feel like you're going down or you, like you're stuck, like you have no way out, God is getting ready to move if you'll turn to him with all of your heart. He said, when you seek me with all of your heart, what? You will find me. Not maybe, not if. When you seek the Lord with all of your heart, with your energy, with your strength, with your passion, when you say, okay, God, I've been spirit-filled for a long time, but I need a fresh dose. I need a fresh filling. The disciples who were baptized in the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 2 went through a lot of pressure by Acts chapter 4. Two chapters later, we don't know what the time frame was. Could have been a few weeks, a few months. Could have been a couple years. But, but right away, after being baptized in the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 2, they had to be filled afresh in Acts chapter 4. Holy Spirit, come and fill us up again. Grant us the spirit of boldness that we can speak your word with power even when we're under this pressure. Catch 22, the devil's a liar. He's about to catch 23. In the midst of God's plan to transition and transform you, 
You may find yourselves where the ultimate obstacle is on one side blocking your future and repercussions of the past pursuing you from the other. Most of the time, most of the time, it's the enemy coming up and bringing up your past and your failures and saying, hey, hey, we're here. You're never going to get past this. When you blew it when you were 18, when you blew it when you were 30, when you blew it as a young person, when you, when you messed up, when you, when you wandered away, you're never going to get over it. But the promise of the Lord is this. The Egyptian, the enemy, you see today from your past, you shall see again no more forever. God says, I'm about to wipe this thing out. I'm only letting it get close to you because I'm going to wipe it out. The intention of God giving the enemy a little bit of a leash. You ever the expression, giving someone enough rope to hang themselves? I have a feeling that's what God's doing with the devil right now. In the midst of God's plan to transition and transform you, suddenly a worldwide pandemic stops you in your tracks just like just as you're tempted to revert back to your old comfort zones in the midst of the pandemic. Tragedy strikes, awakening age old. Injustice, fears, anger, and frustrations. Welcome again to the roaring 20s. Did we tell you it was going to roar? Well, guess what, what happens first? The enemy walks about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. But you, Peter said, resist him steadfast in the faith because he is as a roaring lion, but our God is the lion. Our Jesus is the lion of the tribe of Judah and he's getting ready to roar bigger. And he who roars last roars loudest. I think that's about laughter, but anyway, I changed it. Here's the great truth. God isn't shocked and he isn't asleep at the wheel. Can you say amen? amen? Our God isn't surprised by anything that happens and he's not asleep somewhere. The Bible says he that keeps Israel, he that keeps his people, neither slumbers nor sleeps. God's not off on some cloud somewhere taking a summer break. Our God is up to something. I said, I got a feeling our God is up to something. Would you begin to look for him? In the text, the children of Israel run right into the Red Sea. They leave bondage. They leave. It's happy days are here again. And they left with all the wealth of the Egyptians. They had provision. <clears throat> they had freedom. For the first time in 400 years, they had no captors, no slavery, no enslavement. For the first time in 400 years, they could go wherever they wanted to go, but they followed God. And he leads them by way of the Red Sea. He led them right into a place where they couldn't move forward. A veritable ocean of water that could not be crossed. Remember back then, there, were very, there, there, were no, there was no bridge, no airplane, no tunnel technology. As they turn around, they see their past captors in hot pursuit. Pharaoh and the Egyptian army closing in and it looks like certain death. No way out. Catch 22. But the word of God says God led them there. 
Meaning, he had a plan. And it wasn't over the river and through the woods to grandmother's house we go. It wasn't under the Red Sea. It wasn't around the Red Sea. It wasn't any preposition about the Red Sea except one, through. Go through the ocean. Excuse me? John Maxwell recently said this. I love this. John Maxwell said, the greatest coaches aren't always the ones with the greatest game plans, but the ones who become the best at making halftime adjustments. I love that. The greatest coaches aren't always the ones with the greatest game plans going into a new year, a new decade, but the ones who become the best at making halftime adjustments. Or as Ross from Friends said, pivot. Some of you might know that one. Others of you don't. That's okay. Go look it up. Pivot. How do you go through an ocean without a boat? Or triathlon swim training? Answer, you have to walk on water or see God open it up. Either way, it requires the Holy Spirit. It's not literally walking on the water. You've got to get to the end of your own strength, your own abilities, your own plan, your own, well, I'll figure this out. Well, here's what well, we can get through. Ah, uh, yeah, I can adjust. Well, here, there. Only when you run out of your own stuff and invite God's super into your natural. When you invite God's super into your natural, you're going to get ready to see a change. My friends, life gets hard sometimes, even when you love the Lord. Anybody told you that that's not, if anybody told you if you would give your life to Jesus, everything was going to be smooth sailing and easy, they, they lied to you. It's not true. The Bible says challenges happen to the just and the unjust. As we said last week, it's better with Jesus. It's better with Jesus. Whatever, whatever trouble there is, is still better with Jesus than it is without him. <clears throat> Jesus himself was led by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness and was tempted Tested, vexed, 40 days and 40 nights. He paid the price for the spies that went into the promised land in the book of Numbers. They were supposed to go in for 40 days and 40 nights and come back with a good report. And they came back and they had listened to CNN. Bad news. The Bible says they came back with what? An evil report. Bad news. Except two guys, two out, of the, two out of the 12, Joshua and Caleb, and they said, we can go up and we can take this land and it doesn't matter there's giants there because our God's bigger than giants. But they listened to an evil report and guess what? The Bible says when they listened to an evil report, they saw the giants and then they saw themselves and made a comparison of themselves compared to the virus, I mean the giant. And they said... We're like grasshoppers in the sight of those guys. The Bible says this, as you see yourself, so you will be seen. And so instead of conquering, 
When Jesus comes to redeem us, he has to right that wrong. And he pays the price for that 40 days with the same temptations. Turn the stones into bread. Do a magic trick. Jump off the building. Do something to show you're the son of God. And he resisted that temptation. The Bible says he was led by the spirit into the wilderness. But a few verses later says, after the 40 days was up, he returned, listen, in the power of the spirit. In the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm gonna ask you a question today. When's the last time you knew you were under the power of the Spirit? In the wilderness, don't freak out. Don't run. Don't try to figure it out with your head. God is still leading you. And he still loves you. And he hasn't forgotten you. And he hasn't abandoned you. He's still working. God's doing something, my friends. Nobody is strong enough to do everything alone. Humility, humility. God resists the proud, gives grace to who? The humble. Humility is recognizing your limitations and trusting the Lord to help finish the job. The Holy Spirit in the New Testament, Jesus said, I'm sending you a helper. The, the Greek word is parakletos or paraclete. It means, it means literally a, another savior or a, an extension of my salvation to you. I'm sending you a helper. He's gonna help you. You can't do it alone. 1 John 2.20 from the Amplified says it this way about believers, but you have been anointed. But you've been anointed by, you hold a sacred appointment from, you have been given an unction from the Holy One and you all know the truth or you know all the things you need to know. You know all things. The Bible calls that the anointing, the tangible manifested presence and power of the Holy Spirit. There are breaking points where the Bible says you either fall on the rock or the rock will fall on you and grind you to powder. That's what pressure does. You either fall on the rock, Christ, and give up. You stand still and see the salvation Lord is with you. You see his strength made perfect in your weakness. In those moments when you don't know what to say, when you don't know, when you don't know what to pray, the Holy Spirit prays through you. That's part of the effects of the person and power of the Holy Spirit. He wants to pray through you, not just with you. He wants to pray through you. In fact, you can't even pray without the help of the Holy Spirit. You can't even pray effectively. It's just words. But if you pray in the power of the Holy Spirit, being led by the Spirit of God, those, he'll pray, the Bible says, Romans 8, according to the perfect will of God to what he already wants anyway. When we don't know how to pray for as we ought, we, what happens? We get to the end. We get to the end. God, I need not to pray. Good. Now you're ready for me. You're ready for the helper, the Holy Spirit, to come and help you, to gird you up, to strengthen you, to empower you. 
My friends, sometimes you have to break down before you can break through. The breaking down, you can either break down like have a mental ner- or nervous breakdown. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about a breakdown where you say, I'm overwhelmed, I'm stuck, and I don't know what to do. You have to get to the end of yourself. The prodigal son never longed for his father's arms until he came to the end of himself in the pig pen. The Bible says in the, and you're getting, you're getting like five sermons for free today, for extra, because I plan to preach that what I prophesied in the beginning when Pastor Lindsay's singing that song, Rattle, about Ezekiel 37. That was gonna be next week. I gave it to you in two minutes or less. So be glad, you gotta get it. That's a bonus message. This is another bonus message. Prodigal son, the prodigal son left, why? Because he didn't want his father's presence anymore. He just wanted his father's gifts. He didn't want his father's presence, he wanted his father's stuff. And when he ran out of stuff, because he was the life of the party, the Bible says he joined himself to a foreign citizen. In other words, he left his citizenship, he, <coughs> excuse me, he left his family life. He left his connection with his father, basically renounced it, thinking that would help. And what did the citizen do? He gave him a job in the pig pen. And when he was out there slopping the hogs, the Bible says he looked one day and said, these hogs are eating better than me. And it made him hungry for bacon. (laughs) Ham sandwich, pork roast, pork chop. And he said to himself, my father's servants eat better. Maybe, Maybe dad if I could just be around him again, I'd be around him and wouldn't even have to be a son. I just want to be around dad again. I want to be around my, my father. I want to be around his presence. And maybe I could eat again and live again. Of course, you know the story when he comes back, the father's been waiting with open arms and says, you're not just going to be a servant. I will restore you to sonship no matter what you did. No matter how far you've gotten away from your father, America. If you'll come home, dad's waiting. For every true believer, there's an anointing available. There's an available anointing. There's a... (coughs) Excuse me. There's a powerful anointing from heaven. It's tangible. It's real. The Holy Spirit present and active. Listen, I, these guys, Pastor Lindsay, Pastor Chris, talked the last couple of weeks about their experience coming up in church. And I'll just tell you, in the churches I grew up in, the, the, the mention of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit was in like traditional sense in ceremony, in ritual, but no experience. And then when I got saved as a young adult, I went up in a church that believed in the word of God, but still chose to pick and choose some scriptures they were uncomfortable with. 
they believed in a doctrine called cessationism, which means that when the Bible was done being written, they, there was no more need, no more availability of the power of the Holy Spirit in the same way. That the early church in the book of Acts needed the Holy Spirit just because they were the early church. They believe the Holy Spirit is available for, in regard to sin, and his primary role is to help with issues of the mind and the conscience. But we believe Acts chapter 1, verse 8. But you shall receive power. Everybody say power. power. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses. The word there, power, look it up. It's the Greek word dunamis, from which we get dynamite. We get dynamic. Dunamis, it means ability, efficiency, and might. Miracle power. My friends, when we were singing that song, let the wind blow, let the fire fall, that's an atmosphere where miracles happen. That's an atmosphere where nobody needs to lay hands on you to receive your breakthrough. That's an atmosphere where you can release your faith and say, God, I need that touch now. I don't need it from a man. I need it from God. I need it from heaven. I need a touch from heaven now. You have an anointing, brothers and sisters. It's available, and you shall receive power. The early church was under massive amounts of pressure, but they allowed it to open them up more and more to the Holy Spirit. I remember this quote. There's a great, uh, if you put that picture up on the screen, Mike Tyson said, everyone has a plan until they get punched in the mouth. I love that quote. It is true, right? We had a, we, can I tell you we had a great plan for 2020? These pastors will tell you, we met, we prayed, we fasted at the beginning of the year, we did our eight days of prayer. We had such a plan for 2020. And then I went away to Europe the first week of March. And then I came back to the twilight zone. I came back to a world that wasn't the world. I came back to, I, came, I mean, it's just crazy. And guess what? So then what do we do? We said, okay, this will be over soon. We can make it through this. 15 days, no problem. Oh, it's April. Uh, Easter. Would you believe May? 30th anniversary of the church. Maybe it'll be normal or back to normal or something. Everybody has a plan. Do you get punched in the mouth? And we took a few hits. By June, all hell had broken loose because of the injustices of man against man, focusing on the sin problem, not just the skin problem. never fail because the pressure is simply to get us to turn to him it's okay God I got nothing I can't help you I got a red sea over here we can't I, I don't see any way across that no army corps of engineers going to build us a bridge across that not with these guys breathing down our neck the past coming to remind me of my failure 
What's your go-to plan? What's your default mode when you get hit? Curl up in the fetal position and suck your thumb? Some people just want to, uh, you know, pretend. Oh, I know. Here's a great default mode for me. I'll watch sports. <laughs> Until there weren't any sports. Everybody's going crazy about football season right now? Football season? Hope it's here. If it's not, I'm good. Why? Because I've learned some things the last few months. That when I break down, my God breaks in. When I open myself up and say, God, I need you. Shift your dependence on the Holy Spirit. In the text, God tells Moses, here's the key, lift up your rod. Lift up your rod of authority. Here's the the next message in in 30 seconds. Another sermon. Listen, it's a bonus. When God found Moses after 40 years in the wilderness, he had a stick in his hand because he was a shepherd and he was leaning on that thing. And God said, I want to use you. And Moses said, how am I going to know? God says, you see that stick in your hand? He said, yeah. He said, this is my rod. This is mine. This is my... It's how I move the sheep along. God said, throw it down. And when he threw it down, it became a snake. And then God says, pick it up by the tail. Now, if you've ever been, of course, anybody in Florida, you're taught, you, you know, if, you're gonna, if you see a snake, never touch it, but don't ever touch it by the tail because it's going to bite you. But when God says, That's your sin nature, Moses. That's your old nature. That's your old dependence. That's your old way of thinking. Pick it up upside down. Moses grabs it. It becomes a stick in his hand. It's upside down. And the Bible says, you can can check it out from Exodus. From that moment on, it's called the rod of God. The power is no longer Moses' power. It's now God's power. And God says, lift up that rod. Lift up the rod of God because what I'm about to do among you wasn't because of you. It wasn't your power. It wasn't even your faith. It was my power in you. The power of God's spirit. And when he lifted it up, an ocean formed a road right through. And you know the story. When the last person from the children of Israel stepped on dry land on the other side, the Egyptians followed them into the water. All that past junk, all that 400 years, all of the slavery and the effects, the residue even, followed them into the water. And the way closed and destroyed them. My friends, when the enemy is nipping at your heels, God's purpose 
is that you would never have to deal with it again. That he, with his power, would see it all the way through. What's impossible with man is possible with God. But you and I have to depend on the power of the Holy Spirit. Trust in the Lord. The first step towards salvation is the realization that you can't save yourself, right? I'd heard all my life, I'd heard all my life about get saved, get saved. My aunt told me, whenever, whenever you get in trouble, call on the name of Jesus because whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So I'd get in trouble and I'd call on the name of the Lord Jesus, but I didn't surrender. When I had a final exam, I called on the name of the Lord, but I didn't surrender. I got my prayers answered most of the time, by the way. When I tried out for plays and, and, and as a, you know, in acting in drama in high school and college, I prayed. And God answered, and I got all these parts, all these leads, but I didn't surrender. It wasn't until I got to the end of myself, as a young married man with a baby on the way, and no idea in the world what I was supposed to do in my life or how I could remain free from the things that were binding me. Ryan, why don't you come over here? I want to talk to people right now directly. I want to talk to you. Because maybe you're at this place. Pastor Lindsay, would you help me up here? Maybe you're at this place right now on a crossroads in your life. Are you feeling the pressure? Whether you're in the room, whether you're in the overflow, when you're at, whether you're at home or in a hotel room somewhere or a hospital bed. Are you still toughing it out? You're still trying to eke out your own way, trying to make it happen, trying to put a smile on it? trying to put lipstick on a pig, trying to just deal, just trying to pretend. My friend, it's time to surrender. It's time to submit your heart, to open your life. Next week, I'll tell you a little bit more about some of those stories for me and my wife. How God took a nice Presbyterian young man like myself and said, there's something more that you've been missing out on. The very beginning is this. And whether you're watching in the room, wherever you are, would you bow your head and close your eyes right now? I want to talk directly to your heart. Pastor Lindsay said it eloquently earlier. The Holy Spirit is a gentleman. Our God will not kick down the door of your life trying to get to you. Oh, he'll send help. He'll send helpers. He'll send conviction of sin. He'll deal with you as long as somebody's praying for you. But right now, right where you are, this is the moment of truth. You're gonna, get, you're gonna curl up in a ball, suck your thumb. You're gonna, you're gonna retreat to alcohol or drugs, or more perversion? What's your default mode, my friend? Because this is a time of pressure, but God means that pressure to squeeze one response out of you, and that response is, Jesus, help me. Holy Spirit, fill me. 
Jesus, help me. Holy Spirit, fill me. If you're here today and you're struggling in your life, wherever you are, every man, woman, and child, God will not overrule the authority of your own free will and choice. And at every layer of your life, at every transition, at every crossroads, there is a moment of truth, a breaking point. This is yours. If you're here, or wherever you are, all over this place, if I'm gonna pray right now, a prayer of connection, a prayer of salvation. I'm gonna lead you in a prayer we're going to pray because God is wetting your appetite for more. Everybody say out loud. Just say there's more. My friend, there's so much. There's more of God that you don't understand than what you do understand. There's more of God that you haven't experienced yet than what you have experienced no matter how long you've been walking with God. Get hungry for him again. If you're here and you say, Pastor, pray for me, wherever you are, whether I can see you or I can't see you, I'm seeing you with the eye of faith through this camera right now. Put your hand up and say, I want more. Hand up, I want more. Hand up, I need more. Hand up, I surrender to God. All over this place, wherever you are. Father, in the name of Jesus, I release your presence and power. And I ask you to begin to whet the appetite and stir your people to desire you, to require you, to be desperate for you to turn from their default mode of the flesh and to turn to you with all of their hearts in the name of Jesus. If you're here today and your hand is raised, just say this with me, Jesus, I need more of you. I ask you to to come into my heart. Change me from the inside out. Fill me with your spirit. Breathe life into me. Help me to live afresh and help me to live again. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, if you meant that right there with all of your heart, if you meant that prayer, then God is doing something. And his will is the enemy you see today. You're not gonna have to see in that same way again forever. You will see only as a conqueror and not as a conquered. You will see as a victor and not a victim. You will see God's power working in you, working through you in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, amen. There's no other name but the name of Jesus. My friends, the only pathway to true and lasting spiritual strength is found in close personal connection and dependence on the Holy Spirit. Be filled with him. Why would you want a new phone have you ever been on a trip and you left your phone charger at home? Is that not a bad feeling? When you're away and you go, this thing's about to die and I have no power. That's what it is to have salvation without being filled with the Holy Spirit. You need that connection to the power source and the Holy Spirit is doing that. He is that for you on the earth. Thanks for joining us at Now Church. For the latest updates, visit us at nowchurch.com, including live or on-demand video, online giving, and much more. 
And don't forget to follow Now Church on our social media platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thank you.